Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Ed, I was waiting for you to jump in. Nope, I forgot I was supposed to. Oh, man. <laughs> I, already I, was, I, was, I already didn't. I, I, I was thinking about something else while you were talking, which happens a lot. La well, <laughs> last week you said we were going to do it in harmony. I and, forgot uh, that I said that. Were you thinking because he said December 7th several times, were you thinking about Pearl Harbor? I wasn't, but now oh. I am. Oh, I thought that's what you were doing. You're a very historical guy. It was all that's kept. He kept saying the, the words December 7th again and again and again. And I thought, oh, he's going I was to, actually thinking is this about what is this 80 years is that 80 years can December you do 7th, math this 41 right? wasn't it 41 yeah so is 80 years is the 80th anniversary wow today. depending on what part of the world that you were in because True. also there were other bases that got hit at That's the same right. time That's and right. it was December 8th when they got That's hit. Right. yes but so I will say the moment this podcast dropped was that time yeah so, there you go yeah. well, there you go so hopefully you're I didn't know this. I'm glad you brought that up. I did. It didn't even hit me. I just assumed when he said he was thinking about something else. I assumed he was sitting was there thinking, thinking about of, some random fact Ed, he do you remembered even about. Know what you were thinking about? I was. I was thinking about the great SEC championship game we all watched on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we have no idea who won. Oh, I do because <laughs> today what a, is what a great victory for UGA. Hey, there Alabama. You go. Don't jinx my, my boys like <laughs> that. Say. Don't jinx my. Jason's boys. getting excited. I, you know. Hey, Nick it, Saban! Oh, Nick Saban! Yeah. <laughs> I'm so up. That, that's the thing with being a Georgia fan. You know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm that, that cautious optimism I, every year, and it just seems to never come through for me. So you know, maybe this is the year, Jason. Maybe this is the year I'll be happy. Jason's so heartbroken because you know. I, my all my happiness and everything in my life depends on the bulldog. What 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 it, does it? No, <laughs> you are not happy than most of the time. Most of the time, no. And and bulldogs by nature just look grumpy. Yeah, <laughs> they have a short lifespan. I was gonna say their hips fall out of socket, <laughs> eyeballs just pop sad, out of the skull. They're sad little animals. Their they've brains been, they've been bred so much know, that they right. can't even live very you long. Look, poor they, thing. Like, I do love they the can't team, even breed themselves. They have to be artificially I know, inseminated. Like, pretty much. Oh my gosh, it's a terrible life you made for me. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I am a monster. Why have you done this to me? They're just sitting there going, ugh. Hunger down. You know, and if I was one of them diehard Bulldogs fans, I'd be real offended by all Well, you know, I right also now. am a Bulldog fan that has less success. I, I'm a Mississippi State Bulldog. You are. Yeah, so. so we have less. Success. You know, we're so, we're so concerned about science doing these, like, acts of God and, like, doing all this. No one seems to be really upset about what we've done to the Bulldog. The <laughs> bull, God did not design no, the we, Bulldog. We designed the we've Bulldog. Gone, we've gone further. Jason's got another odd brand that, you know, is I, the, you know, the, my dog? You talking yeah, about God my dog? Looks at it and goes, what, what is what that? What are y'all doing? That's Why'd not you what do I, that to a dog? It's a golden doodle. It's a poodle mixed with a golden retriever. Yeah, that's right. See, They're not far enough along, though, in that. Because you got bulldogs, you got pugs, you got all those things that they call brachiocephalic, well, which means their noses are smushed, which was not the way they designed. And the reason their, nose, their noses are smushed and they can't breathe properly, which is why whenever you see a bulldog, they're going... <laughs> <laughs> they can't breathe properly, and they, they have all and these heart problems. And that's why they're grumpy. They need CPAP machines. That's right. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> My dog's nose is not squished. That, no, that is a problem. it's eight feet tall. No. <laughs> you know, they, those dogs get and they look you right in the eye and go, this is what happens when you crossbreed. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to stand up and look at you. She's a smart dog, I'll tell you that. She's a smart dog. She's smarter than most well, she's smarter than my kids in a lot of ways. So. <laughs> and I love my kids, but yeah. Matt and that dog listens to me like 
My kids oh, never is that did. The, is that the, that's the standard the indication of intelligence? Yes, it I is. I know you listen to Jason. I used to work with it a lady is. who said, my dog is people smart. And I said, no, she's not. She might be as smart as you. She's not people smart. That is not a people smart dog. There are no so, people smart dogs. So if y'all didn't know that, that is the standard of smartness. Okay. People who listen to me are, intelligent. are brilliant. Okay. I, uh, because... I mean, come on, y'all. Look at me. I All would right. like to issue a public apology to Jason's children. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen to this. No, they don't. They thought, Dad, you're on a podcast? You do I'm it. not listening to you. No. That, because, because, again, they don't listen. They don't want to do what I tell them to do. Cockerdoodle or whatever it is that he's got. I don't know what it is. She loves me. She's listening to the Which podcast. Actually, actually, Way to go, Jason. Good point. She she might. She, that might be a sign <laughs> of her. <laughs> unintelligence but we'll probably we'll let that slide okay so last week we finished up uh, our uh, series of interviews uh, yes. with our partners and uh, so now we are we are right in the heart of a, of a christmas series i just realized that we, we are, are it's right Advent. in the heart of a christmas series this question though has nothing to do with christmas let's see if we can tie it in no let's see i'll try that'll you, be what i y'all answer the question the i'll tie it in Okay. Okay. Give us a question. We'll make it about Christmas. Okay. That's true. This is a question sent in to us by one of our. Uh, is it going to be listeners. something really serious that I'm going to feel bad that I wanted to try to tie it in? Don't matter. I if assume. It is. I assume every question is serious. Oh, Ed. Of course you do. I, Good for you, Jason. I believe in our faithful listeners. Okay. Let's talk more about smushed dog faces. <laughs> <laughs> and the ones that aren't faithful. I believe in them all. Okay. These are good questions. No, but here's the question that was sent in to us. They want us to answer. So here we go. Question. So what's up with Cain and Abel? Now there is a second question, but I would love to just stop there and answer that I would one. Too, well, it here's would be what I'll say: Cain and Abel, they're brothers. Christmas is a time for family, and bam, I did it. Oh, good for you. Bam, I did it. Great segue. Christmas is a time for family. Cain so, and Abel, brothers. It's a time for brother homicide. Brotherhood. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I thought I lost it last week. There you, uh, there you go. All right, question. What's up with Cain and Abel? Why does God take one of their sacrifices and not the other? So, before we answer the question, of read course, it. we must get context. So, let's read about Cain and Abel. Way back in the book of Genesis, chapter 4, uh, context, Adam and Eve have sons. Their names are Cain and Abel. There you go. That's the context. So, it says... Uh, when they grew up, uh, Abel became a shepherd. Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, and then it says, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Dejected. Dejected is the word. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I bet that's not in all the other ones. Dejected is the word they use. But anyway, and so as the story goes, Cain gets really upset because of this incident that happens, and he murders his brother yeah. out of jealousy. So, um, so the person wants to know, why did God decide that Abel's sacrifice was a good one and Cain's was not? <laughs> great question. Who wants to go first? Now, th th honestly, we were just talking about this earlier. Um, this text doesn't explicitly come out and tell right. us. Right. It does not. Yeah. Um, but there are clues. 
There are. There are clues, and I kind of tried to emphasize the clue in verse 4. Um, it does uh, make a distinction between not just the fact that one was bringing a, a, an offering to God of, of crops, which was Abel, and then the other one was bringing, or, or no, uh, Cain, yeah. and then the other one was bringing uh, gifts from his flock because he was a shepherd. But the author here makes a point to say that Abel brought the, in this translation it says, the best portions from the firstborn lambs of his flock, which tells us a little bit about motivation. Mm-hmm. behind the gift and we were also discussing this and I want to go and read this passage um, there's also a passage found in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and this is uh, just to set this up this is where the writer of Hebrews is giving this famous passage we often call the hall of fame of faith mm-hmm. he's using Old Testament examples of people who were weren't great faithful people uh, to God Uh, And so he brings this story up, and here's how the author describes it. It says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. So, again, it's it's hinting that there was a difference, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily. But I, I believe through the clues that the text gives us, we can surmise what the difference was yeah it was all in his motivation yeah i think it ultimately is that as you said cain is wanting to bring his best the best of what he has which is an act of faith because in that i mean in that culture where you're food insecure Mm. you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of stuff taking the best portion of something Mm -hmm. and saying i'm i mean effectively even though it's for God, effectively I'm just going to leave it somewhere, or I'm going to burn sure, it, sure. or I'm going to do. So, I mean, I'm, effectively it's not going to feed me or my family. Mm-hmm. That I'm is an act of faith and trust, and saying yeah. because I love you more than anything else, because you matter to me more than anything else, I'm doing this as an act of faith. Mm-hmm. Cain also brings brings an offering, but it's not. At least it is not told to us that it is the best portion. It is something else. And it's also not the very first part. Right. It's not the very first part. And so I think we are to uh, to to wrestle with it. I think what is interesting, and I, I know we've been in this thing talking about how not to read the Bible. I was recently listening to The Bible Project, mm-hmm. and they were talking about those things in Old Testament texts are intentionally left out. Mm. So that you have to ask this question. Oh, yeah. Why does it tell you the first fruits? Mm-hmm. Why does it not tell you Abel's motivation? And you are supposed to, as a com- and not as an individual, as a community of faith, you are to right. have these questions. So what is it that they're trying to do? Because these aren't narratives in the way we think of narratives. And narratives in the way we think of it is uh, you tell me exactly you know, if someone's going to write a biography, which is normally why biographies are, are pretty dull to read, they are trying to give you all the information they can give you that they have about this person and they're trying to sculpt it, intentionally often the biblical writers are not giving you all the information they have because it's meditative literature. Mm. It's literature you're supposed to read and reread and then reread and then talk about and to have this, that it's not designed that I read the Bible and go, I've heard my story about Cain and Abel, I'm done. Mm-hmm. It's designed for me to think on it. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're intentionally not giving you all the details and they are intentionally shaping the details right. so that you can get to the answer that needs mm-hmm. to happen mm-hmm. they w- they want you to be reinforced in the fact i mean this is written obviously it's written depending on who you believe the author of this is it's 
hundreds, if not thousands of years right. after the event. Yeah. It's been handed down orally, and it's, been, it's being used to reinforce the principles of the people of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's well, been, and it's been, it's been shaped within the community. Yeah. yeah. That all of this is communal. So when you talk about it's being passed down orally, that's happening in the context of a community. That's right. Well, and, and the people who would have been the fir- among the very first people to read this, they would have already most likely had God's law given That's to right. them. That's oh, right. sure. And yeah. so they had heard phrases like this before. That's right. Bring the firstborn of your flock. That's right. The first fruits from what you uh, gather from the ground because this is the acceptable That's right. uh, offering from the Lord. And then they read this story over here about a guy who did do that and a guy who didn't do that. And they went, oh, okay. It's 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 almost like a. I don't know, this is not disrespectful to the text. It's like a children's story that is illustrating. It's like a, a parable. A parable. It is like yeah. it's it's the, no matter what commentary I've read or or, mm-hmm. or theologian I've read about whether this is Moses who wrote it down or whether yeah. it's written down later. All of them agree that these early stories in Genesis are really designed to work thematically in line with the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. That what happens in these stories is supposed to be, and that's why Israel behaves the way they do. It's why, and we talked about this recently, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all those stories have these cyclical kind of patterns Mm -hmm. because it's trying to show this explains our narrative. It's no different than in a family that you you pass on story. Oh my my daddy did this and I did this and now you're gonna do this. It's like you know, in in everything of uh, my daddy had this knife and you and there's some mm-hmm. story attached to it and you're passing it down. You're shaping something about the people who hear the story to say, this is who we are. So like you said, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it's you know Moses who writes it down first or happens later, either way they already have had the law. They've mm-hmm. already been brought out of slavery in Egypt. Mm-hmm. This is trying to explain the nature of sin, the nature of the way it interacts in human relationships. And who they were as a people and as a nation, God's chosen nation, and here's how we're to be in the world. We're not like other nations. We're to be a light to the nations of who God is, and one of the ways we do that is through the way that we prioritize God in what we produce. We, We really don't produce anything. God gives us everything. He blesses us to produce things, and therefore it all belongs to him. I mean, we just talked about this in mm-hmm. that last series that we yeah. talked about, you know, of how to manage our money. And so for us, I think that is the contextualization of that Yeah, I think principle. most people forget the whole thing about tithing. Tithing is not—it really comes down to—the purpose of tithing is for me to remember that everything belongs to God. Exactly. I give the first part mm-hmm. as a way to say to God and to me, everything I have is yours. Yes. Thankfully, you allow me to, mm. to use this for my good because you care about me, but it all belongs to you. So I'm not going to give you the last part. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you the first part. That shows my faith. And the only way, I know I said one of the early messages, the way that you put God first in your life is you put God first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you, the, the way to do that is you put him first. And yeah. I use the illustration that most of us spend our money of, me, 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 America, me. <laughs> and then if I have anything left over, I give it to God or I give it to somebody in need. Yeah. And all God says is just reverse all that. Right. Put me first, mm-hmm. put yourself at the end, mm-hmm. and everything else will begin to flow in the right direction. Well, and that's how these principles, when we get ourselves into Old Testament, New Testament, these, the way the New Testament writers, so we take like the book of Hebrews, the way they looked at these ancient scriptures is that all of them, including the stories of Israel, which for, in Hebrews, this is 
a Hebrew person who's writing yeah. to Hebrews, they would have seen these this story of uh, Israel as the point of the story and what he's doing in Hebrews. And throughout the New Testament, is Israel was not the point of the story. Right. Even these stories of David and, Sa- and these heroes of faith like Abraham and David and Moses— they were not able to be the Messiah. They are a little parable. Mm-hmm. For, and we see that in the life of Jesus. I, I'm writing a sermon now, which at this point I'll, I'll be doing this Sunday, where um, there's that part where when Jesus is born, to, a couple years later, he has the family has to flee to Egypt. Yep. And then when Matthew writes the story, if it comes back, he quotes this part. It says, and this is why it says, yeah. I will bring my son out, of, out Egypt. of Egypt. Well, if you look at the original text, he's referring to when God brought the Israelites right. out mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And what Matthew is trying to do is to say, hey, God, just like. It's not saying that somehow th- one is d- better or worse. It's to say this is now the fulfillment. Yep. Right. What happened just like God saved the Israelites out of that, and you thought that was the point of the story, mm. that wasn't the point of the story. Jesus is the fulfillment mm-hmm. of all of these things. He, and we, was, he is the only true Israelite. Right. right. He's the only one who did what Moses couldn't get right. Yes. But David couldn't get right. All these heroes you have who messed up. Because I even feel that some, as a person who grew up reading all these and hearing all these Old Testament stories, we had the old, I was looking for them the other day for my kids, the old VHS Hanna-Barbera. Did you ever see the v- Hanna-Barbera uh, Old Testament <laughs> cartoons? I, I know the style, but I haven't seen these. Okay, no. well, Hanna-Barbera produced a bunch of like... Okay. Uh, um, just Bible stories. We had them on VHS. I watched those things over and over and over again. But key details are left out of those stories about the life of Abraham. And they're, and I mean, they are key details. To look at Abraham and, and, and David and them and to go, oh, that's the person I'm supposed to be, is wildly no. missing the point. The point is to say these people did have faith like Hebrews tell yeah. us they did. And they did great things. But they weren't the Messiah because mm-hmm. Abraham messed it up. Yep. Even from the very beginning, God says, you take you and your wife and you leave. And he goes, okay, I'm going to take my cousin with me. I'm going to take all these all these slaves with me. <laughs> and God's like, that's not what I said, but okay, okay. all right, Go we'll ahead. work with it. Yeah. Okay. And then he's like, have this son. And he goes, okay, I'm going to have a son with a different person. And God's like, okay, well, we'll work that. And he goes, I'm going to send this son away. Well, that's not why. Okay, i got to go take care of Ishmael now. Like, yeah. It's over and over again. These stories are really supposed to point to these heroes of faith they're not enough. Who failed. They failed. They're not enough. That points us to there one day has to be a true Israelite Mm -hmm. who can do everything right, who can go into the wilderness for 40 days or 40 years and not succumb to temptation and not do these things, right? He can lead the people. He can be a king like David, but not fall into temptation. And And who can eventually go up onto the altar with no sin and take all sin away. And then the church becomes this this new and truer version of what Israel was supposed to be, a community that is formed by we give away the first part of what we're doing because we know God owns it all. And I think that part of it, when you read these things, if you can keep that in mind as we're talking in these how not to read the Bible. So you read a story like this, and you don't take it and go, well, because it's in the Bible, that means I'm supposed to imitate everything in this. Or that you read it and go, what I am reading, I think it's really important that when you read narratives in the Bible, you don't think, if I were sitting watching a movie of this, right. this is exactly what I would have seen taken place. Yeah, someone and, set up a VHS camera. And, and, <laughs> and the writer wrote down blow for blow exactly what happened yeah. because there's a lot left on. 
Sure. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> unpictured in any of that. Yes. Well, and we don't know how long this pattern went on. Right. Uh, that the author doesn't tell us that. This could have been a whole part of their lifetime. That's that, right. And God, you know, maybe pleaded right. with Cain, you know, or had continued to try and impress upon his heart, and, and he just was hard-hearted, which probably so because I'm, I'm guessing the very first time God right. didn't accept his a- sacrifice, he got so mad he went and killed his brother. Right. He right. just, this had to have been a, a big well, arc in his story. You know, there's a whole part at the end of that that I've always thought as well that we don't talk about enough is that even after he kills his mm-hmm. brother, God right. comes to him and says, where's your brother? It's yep. just like he asked Adam, where are yep. you? It's the same he, knows, the same. he knows where his brother is. Yep. But the indication is if he just owned up at that point, yes. if he just said, but, you know, I'm your, am I your brother's keeper, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And God says, you know, sin's crouching at your door, mm. man. He wants to devour you. Even there, there's this little bit of hope, man. If you would turn to me in faith like your brother did, yeah. this doesn't have to be this mm. way. Right. It doesn't have to be this way. But yeah. Well, and even afterwards, God, God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna give you this mark so that people know. Even after this, after this point, you have done something. You've killed your brother. He protects him. I'm it's still going to gonna protect, protect you, you, and I still want to bless you, yeah. and I still want to bring good things into your life. Right. And that those are ultimately the stories of what Israel is supposed to be is because we can't get it right, God has to step in, and God has to keep working with us and shaping us. And eventually, the Holy Spirit does that for us mm-hmm. now, that God is entering into our personal lives, and he's working, and even when we don't get it right. And so I, I hope whoever asks this question, you can see the thing that we've been saying. We're going to talk about this more, actually, next week on the podcast. Um, if you look at it the way we've been saying, that the entire Bible is 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 meant to point us toward Jesus. And even right here in this story, oh, yeah. I think you've probably heard through this answer, we can find the thread oh, yeah. that leads us right to Jesus. I mean, th- someone who brings the very first best of what he has and offers to God as a sacrifice, <laughs> God did that perfectly for us. That's right. right. So, again, we just you just see these themes over and over and over again. So, yeah. Yeah. all right. All right. Thanks for the question. Yeah. yeah. That was Y'all great. Y'all send in more. Send some more. And uh, I think next week we're going to pick up another uh, discussion on our continuing off and on discussion about how not to read the Bible. Yeah, I've had some really good feedback of personal conversations I've had about that that uh, I want to expound a little bit further on one of the points that we made to talk about some qualifications because one of the pers- yes. people said to me, you know, uh, you know, I get what you're saying, but nobody reads the Bible that way. So how can we, you know, how can we get it down to where I can see it the way you're saying? I don't have the degrees you have and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, you know, I want to. We ain't got very many no, degrees up here either way. I just want to, I want to talk about some of the stuff that's really important. Yeah. That even if you don't understand all the stuff that, and you don't have the study, there's some important things you do need to get clear in your mind. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll have that discussion next week. Uh, Stay tuned because in two days, another family movie podcast. What are we talking about this time? What's the next one? This is Hallmark Christmas movie. So I know some of you guys are very excited about that. I have a special guest. Special guest. Absolutely. Brandy. Brandy's going to be on with us. Brandy McGuirk's going to be on with us. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'll tell you this much. I'm going to say this. I've never seen one. I had not Not seen any until I had daughters. And now uh, we talk about it a little bit. There is a Netflix. 
holiday cinematic universe where they are tying in together all of their all their you know it's not hallmark because it's netflix yeah. but it's in that genre uh, of yeah. feel good romantic and uh I am deep in the weeds on this now. I've only got three more movies to watch, and uh, I am I am full on in on this. The Christmas Prince trilogy. I want to know what happens. Oh, so. wow. Christmas Prince. A, a Christmas Prince, because there's also a The Christmas Prince, which Hallmark produced. And does he dress in purple? That can't be. No, no. make music. Is he that prince? No, he's not that prince. He is the prince. Then I don't of, want it. He's a prince <laughs> of the fictional country of Aldovia, because oh, basically uh. it's just Belgium. But they don't want to get the, the, the Belgians mad. I think it. we should probably stop talking because Just we're going to ruin the next podcast. Yeah, we don't <laughs> want you guys to so get watch it. watch it. All right. But we will be back next week. Same we're going to talk time. about Prince and all of his music. Oh, that. Yeah. We should do a Prince podcast. <laughs> anyway, y'all have a great week. We will see you then. Bye. Bye.